Hello and welcome to the first episode. This is a pilot of a podcast. Don't worry, there's nothing wrong with your sets. Do not adjust your YouTube. Uh, is this all right? Don't it, be alarmed. It's just audio and I am Simon. I'm Dan. And this is a project which we had an idea for. Um, we think it's going to be called the Wikicast. This, this is, is the, the Wikicast. Wikicast. This, this is, is the Wikicast. Wikicast. This, this is the Wikicast. Wikicast. This is the Wikicast. Wikicast. This is the Wikicast. Simon, you'll never guess what. What? It's our anniversary! Oh my god! Oh my god! It's incredible. We've been going for two years. What on earth is going on? Hello, I'm Simon. And I'm Dan. And this is The Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article each week and we talk about what we find. Daniel, what are we talking about this week? This week, Simon, we're talking about St. Patrick's Purgatory. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. All right. Straight now in. we're talking. We're straight in. Hit me with your best shot, St. Patrick. So St. Patrick's Purgatory isn't the... Uh, the first line of the address of the Wikicast Chapel, which we'll be coming to later in the episode, (laughs) but it is an ancient pilgrimage site on Station Island in Loch Derg, County Donegal, Ireland. Yeah, I'm sure that you pronounced that completely correctly. Yeah, (laughs) look, I did my best. I did my best. According to legend, the site dates from the 15th century when Christ, with a capital C, showed St. Patrick a cave. That's not a euphemism. Sometimes <laughs> referred to as a pit or a well on Station Island that was the entrance to purgatory. Its importance in medieval times is clear from the fact that it is mentioned in text as early as 1185 and shown on maps from all over Europe as early as the 15th century. It is the only Irish site designated on Martin Benham's world map of 1492. It's the only place in Ireland that is worth visiting yeah. in 1492. Oh, wow. Uh, how, how charming. Okay, right. Sorry, sorry. Hit me with more information. I'm still kind of reeling from this. This is I've never heard of this before. Legend maintains that St. Patrick had grown discouraged by the doubts of his potential converts, who told him they would not believe his teachings until they had substantial proof. St. Patrick prayed that God would help him relate the word of God and convert the Irish people, and in return, God revealed to him a pit in the ground, which he called purgatory. By showing this place to the people, they would believe all that he said. By witnessing purgatory, the people would finally know the reality of the joys of heaven and the torments of hell. Given the sparsity of any documentation of the 15th century Ireland, it's not surprising that there is no proof that Patrick ever visited this place. (laughs) (laughs) As Christian Christian religious sites in a nutshell, basically. Yeah. There is, however, much more firmly established tradition regarding St. Dabhog or Dabhok, a local abbot who presided over and possibly established the monastery on the site during the lifetime of Patrick. His name has been associated from these early centuries with several places in the area. For instance, St. Dabnhock's chair on the south bank of Loch Der. Um, St. Dab, the the patron saint of the Wikicast. Yeah, uh, the townland of Cedavok, St. Dabhock's seat, and a mountain in that townland, uh, Sivadog Mountain. One of the islands in Loch Der was uh, also named (laughs) after him. St. Dabnhock's Island, which may have been the been Saints Island or another island entirely. Wow. I mean, so this is this is presumably a still, you know, it's a site of pilgrimage to this day, I guess. Yeah, so the those. original cave sits below 
the chapel. Be- the chapel, bell tower, and penitential beds on Station Island. The bell tower stands on a mound that is the site of the original cave. Although the cave has been closed since uh, since the 25th of October 1632, several descriptions by the early pilgrims survive. They refer to it as a cave or cellar or as an enclosed pit. The entrance, which was kept closed and locked, was quite narrow, about two feet wide and three foot high. Once inside, there was a short descent of about six steps. The cave was divided into two parts. The first was about nine foot long, probably with banked sides and only high enough to kneel in. After a turn, there was another niche about five foot long. This is a lot of detail for a site that is a hole in the ground. Is this is this just a, is this a major major deal? Am I've never heard of it, or is this um, like a kind of minor thing? It's got a pretty big Wikipedia article. Ah, I is this the Irish version of ooh the cave that uh, Saint Paul was it on Malta, Landon? You remember we went to visit. Uh, it was when we went on the Chapel Choir tour to Malta a few years ago, and we mm. went to a religious site that was on... I don't think it was actually on Malta. I think it was on Gozo. It was on the other island, wasn't it? And then it was it was this cave that St. Paul had meant to have been have sheltered in when he was shipwrecked. Oh, the, the grotto. Yes, the grotto. That was it. Yeah. Yeah, Is, it, is I guess this like the Irish version of that? I guess it's kind of similar in that it's linked to a saint. But it's but it's it's a cave. It's got the saint. It's, it's still an area of pilgrimage to this day. Even though you're not, but you're not allowed in the cave. Was, was yeah. that right? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, th- I think okay. the cave is now co- like covered up. Okay. Which is probably nice. good if it is the entrance to purgatory. We probably want to put a door on it. Yes. Put put a door on it. Put uh, one of those Wi-Fi cameras on it so you can be alerted. Like an intr- you have an intruder alert. It's Satan. Hmm. <laughs> it's just spilled out into the real world. Oh god, it's like a warp gate in 40k. Do you remember that when we though when we went to the grotto? It was it was. I thought it was a really interesting experience. Yeah. No, it was very cool. In fact, that whole there were some really interesting historical places um, that we visited on. Because yeah, that was the day when we did like loads of sites all in one day. We did the grotto. We did that um, near no Mesolithic, I think, yeah. or, or possibly Neolithic site. No, no, it was it was younger than that. It was a temple complex. It was like a Bronze Age temple complex. Yeah, and it was super. F- hot the entire because it was malta in the middle of summer it was like 35 degrees we were malting yeah we um, were. i remember we had our friend imogen who was like mumming the entire group there was like five or six of us and she was like every time we were in we were in the shade it's like oh, make sure you stay hydrated make sure you put your sunscreen on thanks mummogen um who's a, a connection to the wikicast is uh danvi's sister i nearly said brother danvi's sister was uh was in our chapel choir for those of you who don't know that's mm. one of the reasons why we know him uh but every group needs that mum right every every group needs someone and it's not always a, a female to be fair like mm. it, you need a parent in the group it's just going to be like the old responsible one um so thanks thanks mum Majin for mm, all that you yeah. did with us on tour. It was quite a good tour, really, wasn't it? Because while most, while most of the group went and got drunk in various different places along in Malta, we kind of looked at the amount of time we had there on the tour and thought, well, how many historical interesting sites can we squeeze in? Pretty much, yeah. yeah. We had that, yeah. It was, it was a lot of it was on that one day when we went over. I think it was all on the other island, wasn't it? Because like, Malta yeah. is two islands. Well, there is the island of Malta and then the island of Gozo. Yeah, and it was the same island that had the. Um, as your window, which now no longer exists. Is no more. Those of you who have seen the first season of Game of Thrones would have seen it. It's just the, where Daenerys gets married. And it's like this big archway. And we were there. We were right there. And we went swimming in this um, pit. I was actually looking just the other day, funnily enough. I was looking at pictures 
are from the Azure window. I can't remember what why it came up, but there were these amazing uh, photos. Hang on, I wonder if I can... Can I... If I just search my Google Photos... Let's if I'm not mistaken, you took... You, didn't you bring the GoPro? You had an I underwater did, yeah. camera for stuff, didn't you? I did. So there there are some amazing shots um, mm. from there. But yeah, it, it collapsed about two... It wasn't long after we were there, suspiciously. No. It was about know. a year, yeah, about a year, wasn't it? Or just under. Yeah. Which was... Have you ever been to any other sort of religious, like... I, I don't want to say religious tourism sites. You know what I mean? Like these kind of sites of pilgrimage. I don't think so. I mean, I suppose you could count like Stonehenge as a pilgrimage site. I've um, never been to Stonehenge. What was it no, like? It's, it's quite cool because it, it does just make you think how the, you know, why is this here? How is it here? What, you know? Yeah. It's it's a real kind of brain uh, brain teasing thing. And it was built approximately the same time as um, the pyramids, right? Yeah. Something like that, isn't it? So it's, and the stone that, that comes is... from like North Wales and some potentially in Ireland. So how the hell they got it over to yeah. the southwest is a bit nutty. It's 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 two questions. It's how and it's why. Mm-hmm. Like you think you know that is an insane level of organisation for what, what was it about four five thousand years ago? How old is Stonehenge? Hang on, I'm just gonna talk amongst yourselves. I'm just gonna Google this. While you give that um, a Google, I've got some in, um, some interesting information about this uh, about this cave go on it's present in literature is uh is rife naturally you can think of something like this as a site was obviously quite a good kind of inspiration for for period medieval texts but also are you familiar with the poem the modern poet Seamus Heaney I've heard the I think it was one of the ones I did at GCSE yeah 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 he's very very popular he wrote a long poem called Station Island about his experiment experience of that pilgrimage ah. there's also other well-known poets such as Dennis Devlin and Patrick Kavanagh 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 um, wrote works on St Patrick's Purgatory as well uh, there's one that's a single standalone sentence here that's been kind of typeset away from the bulk of this paragraph saying Rabelais Gargantua borderly refers to it as St Patrick's Hole <laughs> Which I think is quite nice. Thank you for isolating that Wikipedia. That's great. Uh, Stonehenge is uh, between four and five thousand years old. I was exactly right. It's it's unsurprisingly there's some uncertainty about when it was exactly built. Um, wow, this guy so, looks like a creep. What, Seamus Heaney? Fra- no, Francois Rabelais was a French French Renaissance writer, physician, Renaissance humanist, monk, and Greek scholar. He became his best known work is Gargantua and Pantagruel, which relates the adventures of Gargantua and his son Pantagruel. The tales are adventurous and erudite, festive and gross, toxic, ecumenical, and rarely, if ever, solemn for long. The first book, chronologically, was Pantagruel and the Gargantua mentioned in the prologue refers not to Rabelais' own work, but to storybooks that were being sold at the Lyons Fair in the early 1530s. This guy sounds cool. Huh. Yeah. I, it's, it, it, it kind of boggles your mind, really, when you think that that is, I, I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of people who are listeners in Ireland have gone. How the hell have they never heard of this? Yeah, like it's a massive deal. It's like us saying, "How has someone never heard of Stonehenge?" It's like how many things like this are there worldwide that, to people who live near them and are fully aware of them, it's mind-boggling that people outside don't know about them. Like presumably, there's hundreds of these things that no one's heard of. The outside of like a 50 mile radius but it's the big deal mm. um it's like me and my mate uh we're gonna go and i think I, I can't remember if i've mentioned this on the podcast before um but we were going to take a trip to something called the leishan buddha if you've ever heard of of that oh yeah is that the really big one 
Uh, the clue is in the name. It's, yeah. yeah, I'd love it if it was ironically named. <laughs> the Leishan Giant Buddha, but it's actually mm. just like a tight, it's like a little Lewis Chessman. Mm. Um, I've just sent you a pic- I've just sent you a link to the wiki on um, Discord. Take a look at the picture. Have a look at the size of the people. Oh yeah, it is huge. And yet mm. we we discovered this. So so for those of you who are, who are listening at home, um, it is a statue that's carved into the side of a, a hill or a mountain um, that's about seventy meters tall. So it's about two hundred and thirty three freedom units, um, and it's the largest. Right, the largest and tallest stone Buddha statue in the world, and by far the tallest pre-modern statue in the world. This thing was built in uh, between 713 and 803 AD. So this thing wow. is really old, and it's massive. But yeah, we, we discovered it. Um, well, we haven't been there, but we, we, we found out about this thing, um, and we were just like, let's just go. Like, it's this amazing thing that nobody else we knew about, that, that we knew had heard of, of. And it's like, how many Leishan Buddhas and how many St. Patrick's holes, sorry, uh, purgatory caves, are there around the world? Like, if there's anything by you, and you're a, a listener to the, the Wikicast, pop us an email. We would love to hear mm. what, is the, what is the big thing near you that you think are outsiders have never heard of. Yeah. But I was... Uh, it's also got me thinking about like when but pilgrimage was is obviously a religious thing, right? It's it's you feel this spiritual calling and you're going to do this thing, and people go to um uh, like the the Santiago de Compostela in um Spain. People come to Stonehenge for pagan reasons. People go to St Patrick's Purgatory in Ireland. Uh, or there's Hajj in mm. um Mecca. Uh, we're going to lean to Mecca. What? would a modern pilgrimage be like what why don't people i suppose like you could argue something like the three peaks challenge is a bit like a pilgrimage or Mm. glastonbury is a pilgrimage but like those are events it's not like the journey is the important bit which i think is a kind of a key characteristic of pilgrimage like Mm. it's all about how you get there yeah what would what would i suppose inspire a modern pilgrimage and where would you go yeah, it's a weird one, isn't it? I suppose, I mean, one of the things that I immediately think of is the Path of Miracles. Yeah. Um, as a, a like a route. I think it's probably, I put money on that being one of the most popular sacred pilgrimages. Yeah, that, but that's that still for religious route. reasons. Yeah. Like, what about, what about a non-religious pilgrimage? I suppose, actually, I can think of one, and that's when people drive across the continental United States. Because that is very much... A the journey is is the important thing. Getting to the other side actually isn't that important because you just fly back normally. Mm. But the actual driving is, I suppose, you know, and I guess you could argue something like a bit less impressive, but Lands End to John O'Groats, something like yeah. that, is a bit like a modern pilgrimage. So interestingly, this question touches on slightly what I wrote for my dissertation. Oh, really? So it would be yeah. So talking about a non-sacred pilgrimage, what is the equivalent? You're really talking about two key and quite noticeable notably different terms the idea of pilgrimage and the idea of peregrination right oh, i've heard it. is that returning home it's 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 a journey no it's right. no usually on foot somewhere where the purpose is much like a pilgrimage that journey but the ending destination doesn't have to be sacred it's just the act of travel um ah. as 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 the kind of um the noteworthy aspect of it Peregrination. That's a great yeah. word. Yeah. Yeah. But then, but then, I suppose a truly a pilgrimage is the mix of the two, right? It is. Yeah. It's peregrination. It's the act of traveling, and it's there's a, something of significance at the other end. Would something like finding the source of the Nile 
you know like going up the link or, or, or a river like following yeah. a river from the mouth to the to the the source would be an example i suppose yeah i guess um interestingly i think either yesterday or today the the exeter book was on display in um exeter cathedral, oh, the cathedral. Is... but what is the exeter book dan Tell well, me. the Exeter book is also known as the Codex Exoniensis, and it's the it's a 10th century book or codex, which is an anthology of Anglo-Saxon poetry. It's one of the four major Anglo-Saxon literature codices, uh, along with the Vercelli book, the Noel Codex, and the uh, Cademon manuscript. It's the largest known collection of old English literature still in existence, so it's a very, very important book. Um, yeah. The book was donated to the Library of Exeter Cathedral by Leofric, the first Bishop of Exeter. Um, but in this book, there's obviously you know there's a wide collection of poetry, uh, of poetry. One of which is called "The Wanderer" and "The Seafarer," which were two quite formative poems I read, uh, both in the kind of the original like Saxon, uh, and then. Uh, a modern kind of translation of them while thinking about my dissertation and they're really really interesting so All right. if you're ever in Exeter and you fancy popping into Exeter Cathedral you can always access the library and archives and uh, it's now back I think it's previously it was on loan uh, with the British Museum but it's it's back in its home now but it's a very very cool huh. thing yeah because um, I still I mean I, we, I was there for however many years and I still haven't seen it I, I did I was debating sort of asking the cathedral if they'd like me to do a video about it or something which is this amazing power I have that if it's like, hey, if I if I find something cool, I can just ask, hey, do you, do you want me to do a video about this thing? And then, you know, nine times out of ten, I think places would normally say yes. So, mm. I don't know. One of, one of the other cool things about the um, extra book is that there are over 90 riddles in this. Anglo-Saxon riddles. Okay. So I'm going to read you one of them now, Simon. Uh, oh, and I'd okay, like you I'll to try and... I'd like you to try and guess what it is. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. I'll read it in English, because it would probably be easier for you. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah. Not the original Saxon. I am a wondrous creature for women in expectation, a service for neighbours. I harm none of the citizens except my slayer alone. My stem is erect. I stand up in bed, hairy somewhere down below. A very comely peasant's daughter dares sometimes, proud maiden, that she grips at me, attacks me in my redness, plunders my head, confines me in a stronghold, <laughs> feels my encounter directly, women with braided hair, wet be that eye. Um, is it a penis? No. <laughs> what is it? It's an onion. Oh, come on! It's very cleverly done. And when you read it, it really is quite obviously an onion. Right, say it again then. It's an onion. Okay, right, so you know... Say the riddle again. I am a wondrous creature for women in expectation, a service for neighbours. I harm none of the citizens except my slayer alone. My stem is erect. I stand up in bed, hairy somewhere down below. A very mm. comely peasant's daughter dares sometimes, proud maiden, that she grips at me, attacks me in my redness, plunders my head, confines me in a stronghold, feels my encounter directly. Women with braided hair, wet be that eye. What attack in redness? Why on earth is an onion red? Oh, red onions. F***ing hell, Simon. <laughs> attack, yeah. attack me in my redness. Jeez. Yeah. Well, I mean... I, Plunders I my guess. head. That's true. The head of an, uh, the head of an onion. Uh, hairy yes, somewhere down below. The the kind of the root system of of the onion. My stem yeah. is erect, which it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I stand. I, st I stand up <laughs> in bed. I guess there'd be something like in old English. We probably referred to like a, 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 a like a, a collection of onions. May have been like a bed of onions or yeah yeah, yeah. laid on a bed beds. of onions. Yeah. Yeah yeah yeah. Yeah exactly. Wet be that eye. 
makes you cry. I harm none oh, of the citizens yeah. except my slayer alone. What does that mean? The, presumably the, the only person who's going to cry is the person who cut it. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, you're right. This is actually very clever. It's good, isn't it? Do you, okay, do you, shall I give you another one? Oh, go on. Okay, yeah, yeah. This, is this one's a bit longer. I'm going right. to read this out. You can think about it. Next week, I'd like your answer, and I'd also like the answers from the readership. So, readers, I'm going to read Ooh. this out to you now. I'd like you to email in next week with your uh, proposed answer to oh, this you riddle. Devil. If you go on yeah. to the Exeter Book Wikipedia page, you will find this answer, and if you do, uh, you're, you're a cheaty cheat. Okay? <laughs> okay, hit, hit me with it. This is quite obvious, I think, this one, but here we go. Some fiend robbed me from life, deprived me of worldly strengths, wetted next, dipped in water, took out again, set in the sun, deprived violently of the hair that I had, after the hard knife's edge cut me, Ground from impurities, fingers folded, and a bird's delight spread useful drops over me. Swallowed tree ink over the ruddy rim, portion of liquid, stepped on me again, travelled with black track. After a man clad me with protective boards, covered me with hide, and adorned me with gold, forthwith adorned me in ornamental works of smiths encased with wire, now the trappings of the red dye and the wondrous setting wildly made known the helm of the lord's folk never again guard fools in children of men want to use me they will be by that safer and more sure of victory the bolder in heart and the happier in mind in the spirit wiser they will have friends the more dearer and closer righteous and more virtuous more good and more loyal those who glory and happiness will gladly increase and them with benefits and kindness and they of love will clasp tightly with embraces. Ask what I am called as a service to people. My name is famous, bountiful to men, and myself holy. Answers on a postcard, ladies and mm. gentlemen. That's okay. I like this. Wikicast Riddle of the Week. Well, yeah. that's our Riddle of the Week, Dan. But what is our choral piece of the week? Oh, gosh, let's go. And this will be my piece of the week. Drum roll, please. So it's that time again where I'm going to give you my choral piece of the week. For for new listeners to the to the podcast, um, I uh, indulge in my own love of, of of English choral music and recommend a piece uh, for every episode. And that piece is then added to a, uh, a really quite extensive playlist now that's available on both Apple Music and Spotify. Um, mm -hmm. And we'll be uploading my choice this week to that playlist imminently. So without further ado, I'd like to excitingly announce that my choral piece of the week is Shepherd's First Service, the Magnificat ah, Milk Dimittis, yes. that I sang yesterday. So this was the piece that you tweeted at me. If some of the, those of you who monitor our Twitters, um, but you, you got the the name Shepherd and Shepherd. There was yeah. The wrong so name? there are two. There are two John Shepherds. Uh, one is a shepherd and one is a shepherd. We're talking about John Shepard, S-H-E-P-P-A-R-D. This is his first mm. service, which sets the Edwardian English text uh, in four to eight part harmony when um, when the choirs split. That, that was four some of two eight. Just just to clarify that that wasn't forty eight parts. Yes, that yeah. Is, that is, it's, he's not Thomas Tallis. It's four or eight. Yeah, it's not <laughs> Spemmenalium. <laughs> Uh, that preserves some of the florid character of pre-Reformation music. Now, sadly, there is no recording that exists of this uh, set of canticles with the exception of a virtual choir singing it on SoundCloud. So the link will be will be a SoundCloud link. 
Um, but it's a testament to the, I think, the quality of the music that this virtual choir really does sound very good. It's clearly maybe it one does, or two yeah. people recording all the parts and then editing editing them together in post. But it's a really, really beautiful setting, um, and kind of unlike anything else of its kind of in terms of its harmony. Um, I think uh, now, if I quickly nip onto my Twitter, we had some we had some comments on my Twitter, incidentally at Daniel J Moore. If you want to be part of this discussion, I think it was Dan Hanvey who said something quite fitting, uh, which was oh, that's weird. It's disappeared. Hang on, hang on a hot second. Incidentally, Paul Mealer, shout out to Paul Mealer, liked the uh, he's he's very oh, active on Twitter and for some reason uh, likes a lot of the things I share, which is very nice of him because <laughs> it uh, what a makes life. me feel like I know what I'm talking about. Paul Miller, who gets Snapchats from the Exeter University Chapel Choir of uh, when they're out on the bev. <laughs> well, I'm fairly sure Dan Handy said something interesting about it. Um, but it's, I mean, it's... I, I, what I th- what I thought about it was that the it's the end of the nunk. Like it just doesn't quite end the way you expect. People will have to listen to the SoundCloud recording to mm. see what I mean. But mm. yeah, it's just like it it pulls a sneaky on you to use the the Bob Ross terminology. Mm. Um, yeah, I thought it was great. I thought it was really really good. So that one, that one's not going in the playlist because no recording exists other than this one on SoundCloud. So if you want yes. to listen to it, you have to check out the link in the description below. Wait, it's not a video. In the show notes. That's the one. <laughs> Top lad and shebang. We're in Patreon corner. This is the very brief section of the show. We just want to say thank you to the wonderful people who keep us afloat. Um, these are the people who donate at patreon.com forward slash the wikicast and donate uh, anything from a dollar to five dollars a month to pay for. What do they pay for, Dan? Well, they pay for so many things. They pay for our hosting uh, on uh, on Podbean. They pay for our donations to the Wikimedia Foundation. They pay for uh, our editing services. Um, mm-hmm. They pay for our... Whenever we do merchandise, they pay for... I mean, the list is endless. It's quite literally endless, actually. Mm. Uh, Well, I mean, it's not. It's about five things that they pay for. But the impact they have on the Wikicast is immeasurable. It's wonderful. So, uh, without any further ado, I would like to say thank you to our top cat patrons, because, of course, the cat is the superior household pet. And I would encourage you, if you would like to support the show, to support us via the top cat tier. Um, And those wonderful patrons are Dan Hanvey, Ferdinand Singh, God Emperor Devon. <laughs> sure. Hans J, Harmin Dutt, Isabel Ostrowski, John Mannion, Kodzo, Leila Medina, Lewis Watson, Oliver Burkhart, Oliver Craigie, Omar Miranda, Princess Andromeda, Rents Kirk, Riverward, Tapio Kirkinen, and William Humphreys. And I'd like to say a massive thank you to our top dogs uh you Blech. can uh, you can have Blech. a choice as being a supporter whether you're on team dog or team cat there is obviously one clear winning choice and that is top dog um but i'd like to say a big thank you to ben mcmurtry eric shun eric bolliger jay wright carl much uh, lucas showman uh maggie marut vakira punyuat nina colton peter reed and rory healy and then I'm going to randomly shout out somebody who donates a dollar to Team Cat. And that person is going to be Sophia Piccoli, who's been with us for like over a year. Ah, oh, damn it. It, it. it honestly makes me feel so happy when we see how people have stuck with the show and supported it for so long, despite the fact mm. that the quality has really never improved. Yeah. Well, in that case, I would like to say thank you to uh, Timothy Roan. Thank you, Tim. Thank you very much, Tim. And thank you to everyone who supports at patreon.com forward slash the wikicast. You make the show possible. Top lad. So we're leaping on straight over into Correspondence Corner, uh, the uh, 
The Wikicast Church uh, in in Pedantry uh, is cl- is uh, is closed today. We were meant to be having the the bake sale and fundraiser for the new roof, um, but it's had to be rained off uh, due to bad weather. So we'll be resuming we'll be resuming that next week. Get uh, your confessions in. Do please email them in. And um, if you wanted to email in, Simon, uh, how would we do that? Well, you would go to your email client of choice. Uh, we use Gmail. Uh, and you would send an email to spongyelectric at gmail.com. And if you want to confess to something, just put confession or confession corner in the subject line and we will anonymize everything that is sent to us with that. So please, it could be the biggest confession that you've been sat on your entire life or it could be the most minor thing. Um, do send it over and we guarantee you absolutions provided it's not genocide. We may... If, if you've committed genocide, we probably can't absolve you. We will probably forward that email onto The Hague. But yeah. anything below that, or possibly other war crimes, guaranteed absolution. Moving on from war crimes, we've got an email here. From, <laughs> we've got, uh, oh, it's from the Wikicast readership. It's, it's yeah. basically the, just as here bad. Uh, it's an email here from Jason. Uh, and Jason's emailing in about book recommendations. He says, hello, good sirs. Oh. Regarding book recommendations, I can't help myself but recommend either of Ken Follett's trilogies. The first is the Pillars of the Earth trilogy and would like to I've heard of like yeah me too I haven't read it but apparently it's brilliant and would likely be of interest to you as the first book uh, centres around a small English town building a cathedral in the 11th 11th-ish century oh interesting uh, the hmm. sequels follow the same town as uh, they move through the centuries the other trilogy um, the Century trilogy follows a set of families from around the globe through the 20th century the first book Fall of Giants follows them through, through the First World War the second book deals with the Second World War and the final book I believe is about the Cold War although I have not read it yet uh, glad to have the podcast back Jason 20 years plus some fraction of one that I'm too lazy to calculate thank you Jason <laughs> so Pillars yeah that that's going to go on my good hang on is it already on my good reads actually because um, I've been reading um, over the past week or two I've been plowing through um, my reread of the Gaunt's Ghost series which I think I've talked to you about before but this is the um <clears throat> it's a the longest running no it's not no it's not the longest running series but it's it's one of the longest running series in the Black Library so books about Warhammer 40,000 um, and it's just so readable it's really really great and it's very different from reading homo deus which just took me so long to slog through because i found it kind of dragged for a Mm. lot of it um although i have to say actually a book which i don't think i've recommended anywhere else is may we borrow your language i've been reading recently which is um by philip gooden and it's a little chapters um about etymology so it's like chronologically from i can't remember what the oldest word is actually like from their first appearance in the english language um describing the etymology of um of various words the oldest word in the book is shibboleth i know that one but it's not that like there are words which appear in english before that shibboleth's just a word from oh is it hebrew actually i just read that the other day and i can't remember but yeah what, what are you reading at the moment dan actually well I've actually been recommended a book, and a, a, a good friend has, has loaned it to me. Um, it's called The Shadow of the Wind by Carlos Ruiz Zafon. Ooh. Uh, it's a, the international bestseller. This book will change your life. An instant classic, Daily Telegraph. And they're not talking about the Book of Mormon. <laughs> Very good. Uh, one cold morning in 1945, a man brings his 10-year-old son, Daniel, uh, to a labyrinth library of forgotten <laughs> titles, hidden in the dun, old dun, city dun, of... Dun, dun, dun. Barcelona, Sorry. Barcelona. Allowed to choose one book, Daniel pulls out *The Shadow of the Wind*, which is a euphemism for his penis, by Julian Carax. But as Daniel grows up, several people seem inordinately interested in his find. What begins as a case of literary curiosity turns into a race to discover the truth about life and death of Julian Carax and to save those he left behind. 
It's meant, meant to be really wow. good. Wow. So, yeah. Oh, <laughs> okay. Uh, mm. I, what was it called again? The Shadow of the Wind. Huh. Oh, I'm, no, I'm thinking of Name of the Wind. That's where I'm... Um, Yes. Uh, thinking I've heard of it before. Yeah. Oh, okay, interesting. Interesting one. Yeah, no, uh, I just find it so difficult to find time to read at the moment. Like, I've tried to get to the Hobbit habit. Hobbit. The Hobbit of reading. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just before going to sleep. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like for... of... Oh my God, look who it is, Mr. Frodo. It's the Hobbit of reading. <laughs> I'm reading the book. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. He's one of them Sackville Bagginses. He's, he's yeah. reading OK Magazine. Proudfoots. Um, Proud feet. Proud feet. Um, we have some poetry, Dan. Next, co- coming up next Ooh. from the woeful badger, which is an yeah. amazing email. Shall I? Shall I try and make you cry with some poetry, Dan? Go on, because this is go. from Team Cat. I notice here. Um, I don't. Woeful badger says, "I don't know if you still want poems sending in, as there have been a lack of them in recent episodes. But from listening, I'm under the impression that Dan is not one to turn down the chance to read a new poem, regardless. As such, here are two of mine for your pleasure." Um, so there are two here this one is called Sovereignty and I'm probably going to mispronounce some of these words and I'm terribly sorry if I do Um, right Sovereignty we are on the edge of Gomorrah brought to our knees by empty soul of harlequins with vile persona they took out fear in their control once tall and proud we had a chance to love now we burned the bridges that freed us our hubris was to think that they need us a future of isolation a caged clipped dove yeah I like that yeah, that's nice. And then uh, a second one here, uh, responding to Blake, which I think we'll like. I cannot speak for feet in ancient times, nor England's hope at being green, but God is dead in this new age, and under cemented roads dead pastures go unseen. Fame and fortune has usurped all divine, and acid now falls from those clouds on estated hills. Our Jerusalem has been sacked by bankers' hands, made rich from Lucifer's sons of long-gone mills. No more hope left in standard gold, no more sanity thanks to divine. No more are facts heard, nor truths is told, no more futures but battled mire. We must not cease this mental fight. So lift up your swords in hand till we have saved our homes from destruction of England's pleasant land. Now that's really cool because in my anthology, I also wrote a poem about Blake. Oh, really? Yeah. So my this, I, I'm going to read my one now. I'm going to indulge myself slightly <laughs> and read one of my poems. Go for it. Uh, this is titled A Handshake Between Blake and Tavner. Kindled spirits, comrades across time. That's what I think you'd be. We'd never know but I'm sure it can be no other way. You with your words like daggers slicing across the page, then melting in the blink of an eye. And the brother you never knew you had, him with his music as though he plays on the very heartstrings you seek to move, both vibrating at different times in the bygone past. A handshake will have to do, or perhaps a shake of a different sort, but just as meaningful in the tale of a lamb. I like that. Yeah. I mean, you know yeah. me, I'm not one for poetry, really, but that's that's nice. Yeah. That, that's, well, God, this is welcome to the poetry cast. Um, yeah. That, 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 there is, I don't know, how, can people, are there many good literature themed podcasts? And I mean that in the sense of not talking about literature, but like, I suppose, yeah, but like reading poetry and having discussing it. Is there anything mm. like that? I don't know. I know that there's um, there's a good there's one that I nearly called him Geordie LaForge um, that Lavar Burton does, which is him reading a short story every week. But he's got an amazing narrator's voice. But like, if anyone has any recommendations for that kind of thing, because I do, uh, I would like to broaden my horizons a bit in terms of literature. 
Like, mm. and maybe listening to stuff would be better than reading. I don't know. Yeah, if anyone knows of anything like that, do pop us an email, spongyelectricalgmail.com. I'd like I'm to. Now f- I'm now flicking through my my dissertation on my phone, just re- reading through it. And I'm going to read another email. I'm going to read another poem. Mm-hmm. Um, this one is considerably less like the previous one I read, i.e. you've got to know something about Blake and Tavener to kind of get certain lines. Mm. So I'm curious to see what you think of this, because it's I think it's more approachable. It's called Winter. It's in part one. The music has shifted like the leaves from warm crackling halls to our feet. Wood smoke and snow mingle with robins and holly burning. This time, this air is challenger. Rust mustard hues, crimson and amber, fleck the ground like blood, wet and ripe as windfall fruit that dribbles down my chin. People pass by, heads bowed as though in prayer, against the cold, temporary and shivering, like the guttering candles that stand in the sanctuary. So that is the, that poem leads on to the one I wrote about Exeter Cathedral. So there should be this oh, idea right. of like going from an exterior into an interior. Yeah. And the whole oh. poem, the whole the whole anthology is called Peregrination, so it's all peregrination so it's meant to be about um journeying and stuff oh fantastic well yeah I, I, that's jolly isn't it gosh. what a jolly thing so right now let's read some something of actual quality let's get rid of all this garbage that dan's been writing dan yeah. do you have any more emails we do we do we do um we do um we have an email here from our saying dear simon and dan medium term listener first time writing in here's a fairly unusual Hello. fiction author recommendation haruki murakami his work centres oh. mostly around surrealism and admittedly can be a bit of a mind <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed his works Kafka on the Shore and Dance, Dance, Dance. Yours, Archak. Cool. Well, I like Kafka, so... Like, because Murakami was one of these guys that I think I'm right in saying he's the one that everyone thinks is going to get the Nobel Prize in Literature every mm. year. Mm. Or, or has he... Right, yeah, I think it is this guy. There's like a bunch of fans that are like convinced that every year he is going to get the Nobel Prize in Literature. And, and every year he doesn't get it. He also doesn't really care about prizes. But yeah, no, I've heard about this guy. So he his, um, he's won prizes for Kafka on the Shore, um, for the Wind-Up Bird Chronicle, uh, Hard-Boiled Wonderland and the End of the World, A Wild Sheep Chase, and Hear the Wind Sing. Um, oh, and oh, Norwegian Wood. I've heard of Norwegian Wood. Yeah. Oh man, there's 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 him, and then there have is another. Have you heard of Norwegian? Um, have you heard of Norwegian Wood before? Because it's a Beatles song and album. That's where I've heard of it. But then there's yeah. also, what's it? Is it Clid? There's a thing. Um, uh, Silent Woods. That's it by Dvorak. Um, that's what I was thinking of. Have you ever heard? Have you ever heard that? No, as in the composer. Yeah, yeah. So it was. So it's a piece of music written by Dvorak. It's, I thought it was. I thought it might have been called Norwegian Woods, but it's not. It's called Silent Woods. Oh, right. um, I've done his. Amazing. I've sung his requiem, but I haven't done much. Oh, what's his what's his requiem like? It's quite grand. Uh, right. It's yeah. It's all right. Mm, okay. It's, it's pretty. A, it's pretty easy to consume. It's. I don't think it's. It's not. It's nothing particularly special. Uh, interesting. Now, because Murakami, I'm, I keep thinking that there's another Japanese author. Is it? Damn it! There, 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 there are. There's another Japanese author that's really well known, and I've never read any of their stuff. Banana Yoshimoto. I don't, I don't think it is that. Oh. oh, she's brilliant. She's the first. I just googled Japanese author, and she's the second one to come up. Mm. Um, oh, there's two Murakamis. There's Haruki Murakami, and then there's Ryu Murakami. Am I thinking? No, no, I no, I am thinking of um, Haruki Murakami. Mm. Okay, yeah, no, because uh, I recognise the covers now. Um, IQ yeah, yeah. eighty four is all that I recognise. Okay, well, thank you for the recommendation, Archak. We'll have mm. to have to check that out. All right. 
I'm stressed now. It's our anniversary, Dan. Oh, no. And we totally forgot. Adam's probably done a, a, a jingle at the start and everything. Oh, crumbs. Hang on. What we can do is we can edit something in. What? So we're going to have... <laughs> okay. Right, Adam, include this bit at the start as well. So it makes it... It'll be seamless. Um... Simon, you'll never guess what. What? It's our anniversary. Oh, my God! Oh, my God! It's incredible. We've been going for two years. What on earth is going on? Well, can we give ourselves a round of applause? Dan, please please join me in, in applauding ourselves. We Yay. made it, everyone. Two years of quality has not gone up. But we've made a bunch of friends along the way, and that's the really important thing. Um, it's been a... a what, what, as a retrospective, Dan, what have you enjoyed most about these past two years of doing the Wikicast? Oh, man, I don't know if I can... The whole thing, I think, has just been so overwhelming because this started in a... We started talking about... We, we first were proposed the idea by a friend in a bar in the Netherlands and then we both started seriously talking about it on the plane home from the Netherlands mm. to Exeter. And then within a couple of days, we've released, we recorded a pilot and we're like, well, let's just see where this goes. And we've gone from there of two... Two idiots uh, <laughs> recording <laughs> recording a podcast, sitting next to each other in their in their living room. To now having this semi regular, amazing podcast with an incredible readership that does amazing yeah. things. I think one of my fondest moments was the was the connecting of those two people in America at that university. Oh yeah, 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 that yeah. was amazing. Was Missouri or something. Yeah, yeah I remember that. And, um, was, and and then the the t-shirts and actually seeing people wearing them and and sometimes going into the library here and seeing somebody having a wikicast sticker on the back of their laptop is all a bit crazy it's the yeah, it's, it's the bad. it's the readership for me like it's it, the the, yeah, the correspondence absolutely. that we get is honestly one of the highlights of my week is reading through the correspondence that we get because mm-hmm. The readership is so talented. There are so many interesting stories. Like, do you remember? Um, I wish I could remember her name. We had a reader email in, and she made um, tiny books. Do you remember this? Mm. And she she made mm, like oh, custom yeah. bespoke books. And we were just like, holy, holy sh! That's amazing. And you know, mm. and we'll get people who who people like Tapio who write jingles for us. People that send in fan fiction for us. People who are showcasing their bizarre talents and. The greatest talent of all, of course, is putting up with us and and how terrible we are. But it's Absolutely. just, uh, yeah, it's amazing. I, I I genuinely mean it when I say that I absolutely adore this readership and the the community mm. that's built up around this podcast. It's 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 very own unique culture. He says culture smacking lips, and it and it, it's wonderful. You you people are uh, every single one of you. If you're listening to it right now, you've made it all the way to the end of this godforsaken episode. Then you my dear person are special to both dan and i uh very genuinely Indeed. so thank you for coming with us on this journey it's been if you're listening to this podcast now and you've got a drink near you i'm i'm just gonna hang on just let me just uh open this uh, bottle of prosecco just give me a second there we go that's uh, that's the prosecco opened um i'm gonna pour myself a pour myself a glass I'm just gonna. I've got a tiny bit of coke left in this can. I wonder if I can sip it. I don't know if this is gonna come up on the microphone. I've got now. I've got the remainder of a cold cup of tea. So. <laughs> oh God! I, j- <coughs> I inhaled what, some what coke. What happened there? 
Oh dear. I, I th- think I nearly died. I saw St. Patrick's Hole. Just, just to remind me. Oh dear. Me. Do be careful. Oh, bloody hell. Well, yes, here's to another glass. two years. Here's to another two years, and we, we, we wouldn't be here without our uh, our amazing readership. So thank you from the from the hearts of our bottoms and the bottoms of our hearts. So, Dan, what have we learned on this episode of the Wikicast? Well, Simon, we learned about St. Patrick's Purgatory. Of course, yes. Incredible, the ancient pilgrimage site on Station Island in County, D- County Donegal, uh, Ireland. It's a <laughs> Which we'd never heard of. Thing. But there, yeah, there we are. I mean, if you know anything about St. Patrick's Purgatory, then email in. And, and yeah, I repeat my request. If you know something about, if, you, if there's a site near you that you think is interesting and you think outsiders won't have heard of, do pop us an email. Bonus points if you go there yourself and take a, take pictures, including a picture of you listening to the Wikicast at said location. I'm going to lay mm. the smack down. We also spoke about my choral piece of the week, which is John Shepard's first service. A link will be available mm-hmm. in the show notes. We thanked our patrons and then we had some uh, poetry this week in uh, Correspondence Corner after the chapel was closed for just some minor repairs and waiting for people to um, start sinning again. Um, mm. is it, wouldn't that be wonderful if all churches had to, were just closed because there was no more sin. No one did anything bad yeah. anymore. There was no need for them. <laughs> All confession booths are now completely obsolete. Um, yes. That's certainly been the case in the land of the Wikicast this week. And then we ended with some celebrations for our um, our two-year anniversary. Gosh, I'm getting a little bit emotional. We I'm have getting a little bit emotional. What? Hang on, anniversary milestones. Because you know how like every year has a thing associated oh, with it? Oh, it's like some kind of material good. Yeah, we are. this is our cotton year. Much like the cotton of the oh. Wikicast t-shirts. Tell you what, speak, just as a brief aside, speaking of... Uh, anniversary moments uh, a few days ago my mother and father celebrated their wedding anniversary oh how long have they been married they've been they've been married for 18 years and they've been together for 26 wow their marriage can legally yeah, drink right? now it's pretty cool well 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 done well done dan's parents who were yeah. naming them in well case done we dox them well done guys let's just go well done guys. guys well done uh, my, my dudes that's all for this week's episode, though. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice. You can like us on Facebook, and if you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Sin emails, places of pilgrimage, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole. And we'll see you next time. Beep boop beep boop beep. Beep boop beep boop. My name's R2D2. I'm an Yorkshire Astral Droid. R2D2. R2D2. Your hyperdrive's broken. You need new parts. Finally, something we agree on. <laughs> oh my god, Northern Star Wars. Yeah. What a winner. <laughs> Strike me down, become more powerful than you could possibly imagine. <laughs> <laughs> is it, is it possible um, to learn this power? Well, not from a Jedi. Not from Jedi. It's like um, Last of the Summer Wine meets Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Luke, targeting computers off. Something wrong? Ah, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs>